human is a verb. You know, it's not it's not a noun. It's, it's this continual action. You know, the river is never the same, nor are you. You know, so all these different different kind of parables of like, essentially, we are constantly in motion. Welcome to Redefining Reality, where we live at the intersection of wellness, business, and the birth of a global tribe. So relax your body-mind, open your heart, and recognize that we are the ones we've been waiting for. Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of Redefining Reality. Today's is going to be a good one. It's a short one, but a good one. I got to chat with friend and fellow podcaster Aaron Alexander of Align Therapy. He is fantastic. He is quite the character. Very, very well read, well spoken, well embodied. His work really is through the body in in a large in a large degree in that he explores and helps people to reintegrate themselves and reorient themselves in their own body in order in order to make their own human experience more fluid more integrated more joyful juicy empowered as it were and i came across his podcasts a probably Ooh, how long ago was it? Six months, eight months, maybe a year? I'm not sure. But I've always really enjoyed listening to his shows and the guests that he has on and just getting a different perspective. And so I wanted to bring him on to share him with you. And due to a few technical difficulties, we had a shorter time period than was planned, but that's all right. And uh, we kept on rolling. And a few of the things that we talk about in this slightly disjointed interview are that being human is a verb, right? That it's all about action. It's all about how we live and how focusing on behavior change is really where the rubber meets the road. That's really where the, uh, you know, where you get the most leverage for whatever it is we want to do. Whether we want to lose weight, whether we want to feel better, feel out of pain, uh, whether we want to start a business, whether we want to start a relationship or improve a relationship. It's all about what we do. And so how focusing on that is so, so important. We talk about letting go of scarcity. He talks also about the idea of joint centration, what that means for our performance and our you know day-to-day existence in these bodies. Talk about getting out of our own way. Talk a little bit about psychedelics, performance enhancers, natural performance enhancers of all sorts. And how, as human beings, a lot of us are really uncomfortable around things like death and poo. And these things that really remind us that, yeah, this is all temporary. This is all a journey. This is all going to come to an end. And we will decay and go back into the earth from whence we've come. And how in our culture there seems to be this uh, diversion to that thought. 
you know, there's this pursuit for longevity and the merging with machines in order to find immortality, man's quest for immortality, which seems a little bit insane, to be quite honest. And so we talk about all these things and more. I really, really hope you enjoy it. With that, one quick reminder that you can always go into iTunes, leave a rating and a review and subscribe. All of those things are very beneficial. All of those things help to boost us up in the iTunes charts so that more people can see the show and more people can get the message that we're putting out there, which I think is a pretty good message. Bringing integrated experience and wellness into our world, into our business. To me, it doesn't get any better than that, really. So if you feel the same, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the vote of confidence. And uh, please do what you can to help us out. Share the podcast. Check out the blog. Check out Aaron's podcast and Aaron's blog over at aligntherapy.com. And have yourself a fantastic, beautiful, and integrated day. Much love. Mr. Aaron Alexander, movement extraordinaire, rolfer, world traveler, business owner, psychedelic explorer, many other things. I'm sure I'm sure these are just, you know, a taste of the the plethora of experiences that you've shared through your own, you know, online activities. Right. Um, which uh, which excite me and which resonate with a lot of what I've been through. Cool, I appreciate that. So Yeah, yeah, no, it's been great. So I'm curious, um, just the journey into body work and this, you know, seemingly obsession or fascination with the body and how it works and wanting to explore that and understand that, like, where did that start? Did that start as a kid? Did that start with a teacher? Did that start with, I'm curious. Yeah, I think it started with, um, mainly, I mean, I've told this story before, but, but I think mainly insecurity. You know, and it started with with trying to pack on muscle and trying to really the going reaching into my body is kind of like a means of protection is is what in in retrospect the way that I see it and adding muscle and really putting on like the glamour muscles you know so big pecs and make sure the abs are abs are sick and the shoulders and the biceps and really having complete neglect for anything in relation to balance in my body at all and some of the parts start falling off. Um, you know, started dislocating joints, having just various issues, started seeing my movement patterning. I was playing ice hockey and just became kind of clunky. And, um, at the moment I just kind of, you know, didn't really have a lot of explanation for it. But now in retrospect, I was like, Oh, I totally, totally understand, you know? And so the process really is a product of, of trying to put my parts back together, translated into helping other people start to, you know, reintegrate their own parts. So that's, I mean, it mainly comes out of like pain and, turmoil is where most of like <laughs> I think if you really give a darn about something it's usually a product of pain because that's usually what it takes a lot of people to change I think yeah well that's just I think you know one of the blessings and curses of being human is our ability to normalize suffering sure. um, and to put up with things until something breaks right yeah um, and so like I'm fascinated with how can we connect with people before things break. I, I wonder sometimes if it's even possible. Yeah. Um, but it seems like we would save ourselves a whole lot of suffering if we could figure out a way to do that, you know? Yeah. Most people really need 
the from my experience, people a lot of people need pain uh, in order to really make a change. Like it, we, the, the the wheels need to start to fall off for a lot of people, which is really sad. But I don't. Maybe it's maybe it's okay. You know, maybe to to really learn that lesson, it's like to be able to read a book or to really have the experience are totally different things. You know, and so it's like in, until people really rattle themselves enough that it really becomes relevant right now, it's tough, you know, or have some type of medium to become fixated on. So having a competition, having, you know, just some type of goal orientation that all of a sudden now you can start honing in towards that goal. But in our society, something that I witness is most people are their their goal is to make money you know like that's that's the number one goal and that doesn't really relate to your health you know and that is and then eventually comes the part where you bang your head against the wall and you're like oh my god i have all the money and all the things if you make it that far and then you realize okay i still have this visceral fat i still feel tired all the time i'm still stressed out i'm still dealing with this diabetes thing you know there's all this these parts it's like okay now pain <laughs> <laughs> you know, but 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 I really think it's we either need to have some type of specific goal orientation to kind of attune ourselves to, or the wheels need to start rattling off, and that's you know so preferably have a goal, <laughs> you know. Yeah, if you want to make it easier for yourself, yeah. um, make it a bit of a smoother transition. But finding that uh -huh. goal—that's the thing. It's it's easier said than done. You know, so most people that are in kind of an aimless aimless spot. It's like, okay, great, be goal-oriented, have some type of passion. Cool, perfect, passion. Again, a word doesn't have any meaning until it actually lands and integrates into you. So finding that, I think it's just, you know, we need to be willing to explore, you know, and we need to be, we're not, we don't really get that type of education in our school system so much. We, we're, we're educated more on how to be cogs. We don't really get, you know, draw outside of the box education. And I think that's, that's an inherent deficit that we have, at least one that I witness. Yeah, no, me too. Me too. And this whole trend towards, you know, like free range parenting and unschooling and alternative schools, Steiner schools. Um, I love that trend. Sure. And I'm, I'm, I hope that, you know, awesome private institutions can displace some of the public system. I mean, I'm sure it's already happening. And find a way to... Um, you know, initiate us into humanhood, as it were. Sure. That's been something that's been on my mind a lot. I just got through the book Iron John, right, which is all about the masculine journey and finding rites of passage and becoming a an, an adult, right? And it's like, where does that happen? Where does that happen? I think, you know, the natives have a little bit of a clinging to some of that, but um, to find a way to fit that into modern life seems almost impossible but it's something that i hope to do in my life and i wonder what your thoughts are on that how how you relate to that especially in terms of you know raising young men because you you know yourself being a relatively young man yeah. i wonder where you where you fall in there <laughs> yeah i um i mean that's something i've i've thought about quite a bit in, in reference to my my past of um and still present but way more past of just being really into like 
fairly conceivably dangerous activities. I'm saying dangerous in quotations, but you know things like like rock climbing. I'm really, really into rock climbing. Things like you know slacklining or highlining. You know, where you're like between two cliffs. You know, where it's just like putting yourself, kind of creating your own rites of passages for yourself as, as a product. Again, I think out of like proving to yourself that you're good enough. That's kind of one of the things that I've, I've dealt with growing up. And, uh, you know, so I think that it's, you don't necessarily need to put yourself through some kind of dangerous, I might die experience, but something we just, we need to be genuinely challenged and we need to prove to ourselves that we can meet those challenges. And that's the problem. Usually, you know, it gets a little bit cold outside. You put a jacket on, it gets hot outside. You put the air conditioner on, you know, and then we don't actually ever push ourselves into ourselves enough, you know, right before we get to the point of really you know, starting to learn something because we went a little bit beyond what we thought we were comfortable with, we immediately throw the jacket back on. And I think that that's something that we, we miss. Most times that you see, you know, rites of passage with people, it's pushing, you know, these people at whatever age, 18 or 16 or what have you, to the point of like kind of beyond their breaking point. And then they come out and they're, you know, they're a part of the tribe, you know, but we just were, were so fixated on safety and that's something that you see in the United States. It's like nerf life. You know, it's everywhere you go, there's guardrails and there's signs and there's litigation and there's bullshit. You know, there's just so much. We treat each other like children. And then what you have is a bunch of maladapted, you know, adult babies walking around. So <laughs> it's kind of the way I see it. Yeah, that's definitely the way it seems to be. I mean, at least in North America. Yeah, and that's uh, not a 100% thing. I mean, there's a lot of really amazing, strong people out there. But... Yeah, there could be more, I think. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And I know for myself, part of, you know, just getting comfortable with that discomfort, as it were, came through traveling, you know, through yeah. South America, second, third world sort of countries. Um, I, I, mean, I can just think back to like the buses, right? You pile these people, so many people piled onto the bus, in the bus, on top of the bus. There's chickens in the bus. There's animals. It's like everyone's. It's there's no breathing space. You're you're smelling everyone's smells. You're bumping up against people. Yeah. And you just have to be like, okay, like this is this is it. Whereas I look at a city like Toronto and Canada is very like obsessed with politeness, right? So if you're on the subway and someone just brushes your jacket, it's, oh, I'm so sorry, or like excuse me, or pardon me, um, and it's, it's like people are afraid to just be touched. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Touch averse society. Yeah. And so it's like, how do we, I mean, there's many ways. There's many ways to get through that and to explore. I mean, I'm also curious to hear about maybe ways to help put people at ease with that. You know, being a body worker yourself. I've dabbled in body work. I'm, I'm not a professional body worker at this point. But sometimes people are just so wound up that just to, you know, to start digging around is almost too much. Yeah. The best place to start with yourself. You know, if it makes you uncomfortable to reach out and touch somebody else, I mean, I'd recommend discomfort or fear is a product of, of lack of understanding. 
right? So when you, if you've never really maybe like formally learned how to dance or non-formally just gotten weird with yourself at your house with like cranking the stereo up, then when you go into an environment where people are moving comfortably in their body and they're getting all swervy, you're like, ah, I'm a linear thinker and mover. You know, like I'm not comfortable in this place. So you pull away and then you generally will end up, you know, maybe like ridiculing it and saying it's not for you or turning to alcohol, which is, you know, also a bummer. You know, so it's it's starting off just like just baby steps of like maybe if it's something that you want to get into, being more comfortable around you know random movement situations with people, turn the lights down low, light some candles, you know, crank some music up, and just get weird with yourself. Make sure no one's coming home. Lock all the doors, close all the blinds, and do that thing. No one's ever gonna know, you know. And it's like. One of the best lessons that, that I'm finally getting after like, you know, years of doing body work um, is that you are your best model. You know, when you're trying to learn the muscles and where's the bicep brachialis and the tricep, blah, blah, you know, you're like, that was what they would always teach us in, you know, various different schools. Like, you are your best model. Like, work with yourself. You're your best textbook. Just get in there and feel it. And now, after years and years, I'm like, you totally get that, <laughs> you know, you know, so the more that you, the more intimate you can be with yourself, the more you're able to empathize with other people. But most of us end up, again, kind of creating almost this, this barrier around working with our own selves. And then that obviously inherently is going to create a barrier around connecting with other people, you know, so the more that we can understand ourselves, the more empathy we can have reaching out and then that ends up kind of creating a beautiful cycle where wow I'm really creating valuable connections with most people that I run into I have eye contact with people you know I'm I'm aware of space between us is this space feel comfortable what if I go closer what if I go further away where is a comfortable space in a conversation things that we don't necessarily really think about subconsciously we have to in order to get by in society you know, but just starting to get genuinely curious about that because it starts to relate to things like, you know, making money. You know, if you're a person that's able to empathize and connect and you're comfortable with this communication process between people, then you will be successful. You know, but again, most of us are, are so kind of disintegrated with our own selves as a product of not really getting a strong education on how to emote, you know, how to express ourselves, how to work with this human experience. And that's going to end up being a challenge on every other level you know yeah yeah well and i love the words used there disintegrated right yeah. which is um in my eye or in my thinking lately i've been trying to really not trying i've been letting go of the word healing or healed mm -hmm. right i find in a lot of a lot of people's minds they're just always searching for healing mm -hmm. as if it's this end destination and one day you'll be at this pristine picture of golden shining angelic health or something yeah. but integrating right integrating and sort of like harmonizing seems to be the way to go yeah. and to find a way to exist um, and function having all these different pieces on board that seems to me like, okay, there's a, there's a path we can really get down and that's going to be sustainable and that's not going to have us always waiting for the future, some pristine future that, that doesn't exist and like f feeling bad that we're not there. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's like the, you know, the monk is chopping wood and all of a sudden he discovers enlightenment and then what's he do? He keeps on chopping wood. You know, it's like 
human is a verb. You know, it's not it's not a noun. It's, it's this continual action. You know, the river is never the same, nor are you. You know, so all these different different kind of parables of like, essentially, we are constantly in motion. You know, and we kind of we can become fixated on some static state of who we are. And, you know, that's how we hold on to degenerative patterns. That's, you know, habitual patterns. I eat freaking sugar. Every time I finish a meal, I need to have some type of cookie, sugar, whatever. It's like, that's just something that you learned. You educated yourself to do that. You know, it's like I need to have coffee in order to wake up. It's like, again, this is habituality. You practice this. You know, it's like if we can start to get to the point where we recognize that we are fluid movers and thinkers, and we are, you know, not, I don't want to get too far out there, but like we are like the river. You know, we may look the same. This physical body may appear to be the same because it's repeating the same patterns, but we are completely different. I'm a completely different human being than I was when we started this conversation. You know, <laughs> like, and so I have the opportunity to change myself if I choose, but it's, it's getting into the recognition that, you know, my decisions are, are choices. You know, it's like, it's, this isn't just a fixed game. I'm constantly choosing my path. You know, I, I don't remember what your question was exactly, but I think it was something in relation to that. Yeah, it doesn't matter what the question was. And by all means, I love to go out there. So don't worry about going too far out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, we'll bring it back. We'll bring it back and ground it down. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite, just a little side, one of my favorite sort of social exchanges is being like like the grounding force around a bunch of hippies mm-hmm. um yeah there's just something there's just something nice about uh you know helping people come back to reality come back to their body you know lift something heavy um maybe exert themselves in some way that's not just yoga or walking sure but uh yeah anyways speaking Speaking of the body and speaking of different body work modalities and practices, I'm curious if you had to take like three. I mean, there's a lot of issues that the average sort of North American computer desk bound person is going to be having, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But what would be three sort of daily practices or things people can experiment with that might just help move them into a more fluid to, to, to really step into that, that, that realm of fluidity and resilience as it might be. Yeah. So it's just looking at, at what the main thing most of us are doing for throughout the day is sitting, you know, and sitting's not, sitting's not inherently bad. There's nothing wrong with sitting, you know, sitting's a, a yoga practice, lotus position. You know, it's, it's a, actually a really important position to cultivate. Uh, it's that we're sitting in as like modern westernized culture. We're sitting in a really dysfunctional position. Generally, our pelvis is tucked between our legs, kind of like a sad dog. You know, if the dog did something bad and yell at it or whatever it is, it puts its goes into this posterior tilted pelvic position, wraps the tail underneath its legs, and it's in this subservient, sad puppy position. That's the position that we're practicing throughout the day. You know, so if we can get outside of that a little bit, you know, and start thinking about if you are sitting down on a chair, finding your sit bones, you know, that's the, one of the most crucial things. If you don't know what your sit bones are, your ischial tuberosities, the two bony things about an inch east and west of your, of your, of your butt hole, uh, then you, 
you're way behind. <laughs> you know? So, so first, just starting off finding your sit bones, making sure that at all times, you're able to sit on the front edge of those guys. If you could start that, then you start to put the pelvis in a stable position. From there, if you can start to feel, imagine you know, if you see like any kind of like tribal ladies or what have you, uh, carrying buckets of water up on their head. Right? And they're able to feel, to, in order to do that functionally and carry that for kilometers or miles, you need to feel that connection all the way through from your head down to your feet. Right? So as you're in a sitting position, making sure that you could press weight from your head and it's evenly distributed down into your sit bones and then out into your feet as well, kind of like a, a tripod. You know, and so one of the things that that's going to do, it's going to you know, create pelvic floor dysfunction. Another thing it's going to do, it's going to disengage the glutes or the butt. Right? If you disengage the glutes, then the likelihood of your knees dropping in medially or inside or valgusly or whatever you want to call it, very high, right? Because the butt's going to help externally rotate those knees, right? So now all of a sudden you're putting stress on the, on the knees, right? Now since you do that, then the feet need to collapse in order to follow suit with what's happening in the knees and the hips. So now you have pronated or flat near or duck feet. Right now we're dealing with plantar fasciitis. You, know, you can't collapse any part of the system without collapsing the rest of the system. Right, so you could say you could literally name any type of you know movement, orthopedic, what have you, dysfunction, and we could just from there spiral out to all of the dysfunctions that are going to follow with that as a com as a compensatory pattern. Right, so. You could really say anything, but to start off, you could say flat feet, you could say knees dropping in, and you could say that posterior tilted pelvis, right? So the way to unwind that could be understanding how to do a functional squat, could be understanding how to do a functional deadlift, aka picking stuff off the ground, um, and then understanding how to, tr to truly sit in a strong integrated position. So that's a start. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm curious to hone in on the feet there. Sure. Because I've had flat, pretty much flat feet my entire life. The arch is slowly building. But I've heard different opinions from people that, I mean, I was under the impression that everyone wants to have a nice, healthy arch. And that, that's going to, you know, give you a strong foundation and everything up, upstream from there will benefit from that. Mm -hmm. I've heard a few people say that there's, if, that you can be functional and have flat feet. And that even potentially certain tribes of indigenous people had flat feet more commonly. Hmm. Um, I'm curious what you think about the whole flat foot. Yeah, it's it's pretty conundrum. it's pretty unlikely. And so it, just because a tribe, if you look around, a lot of like tribes. I'm saying tribes in quotation marks. A lot of tribes these yeah. days are, are pretty modernized. It's pretty it's pretty challenging to find like a, a real true tribe. I think there's like. Oh, I don't remember what the number is. I think there's like a hundred left in the world or something like that. I should look that up. Um, you know, but you are able to move pretty all right with flat feet. Uh, I wouldn't think that it would be very sustainable. You know, so it's like kind of like looking at, you could look at like an arch, an archway, you know, and you have like the, the, the center stone that all of the arch is leaning up against, right? So it's a similar concept happening with our feet. Right, where the, the, the navicular bone, the medial bone on the inside of the foot there, it's not really built to, to weight bear. Right? If you go to the outside of the foot, then all of a sudden you see the shape of the bone is actually built to sustain that pressure. Right? But if you just look at it from like an architectural perspective, you can kind of see where the, the foot naturally would prefer to bear weight and where it wouldn't. Um, but yeah, it's, I'd have to look more into the whole tribal 
flat feet thing. It's not something that I'm, I'm really familiar with. Um, but in general, if you look at 99.9% of people, a flat foot is going gonna, is gonna to indicate a medial or a valgus knee. It's going to indicate a lack of integration in the hips, right? So if you're able, if you can really start to, uh, oh, my, my video is cutting out on you? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. A little bit. Well, I'll be I'll be recording it, so it's it's fine. I can hear myself over here. Okay, cool. So, the, so the, yeah, the recording the recording will it'll it'll pick up what I'm saying for sure. So sweet. Yeah. So anyhow, but yeah. So with with flat feet, if you're if you're constantly in a state of pronation, you know, or inversion with the foot, then you're lacking half of the movement. Right, so it's like, is hyperkyphosis a bad thing? Hyperkyphosis isn't inherently just a bad thing. It's the lack of extension through the thoracic spine that becomes a bad thing, right? So is flat feet a bad thing? No, not necessarily, but you are lacking 50% of that range of motion. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I mean, not that it's good or bad, but it definitely seems to cause pain, you know? Having dealt with sort of chronic low back pain, and other various things with throughout my you know teen years and growing into adulthood. Well, it's, it's, it seems it's, like you're 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 essentially like like smushing yourself up against the wall and not giving yourself any other opportunities except for going one direction, right? So you flatten the foot out, you take away that arch support that you that you once had or, or could have had. Now and all of a sudden, instead of having that adaptability to go through a wide variety of ranges, now I'm pushed up against the wall. And all right, what are your options? you only really have one option because you've already blown out all of your other options, right? So a 50 cent term for it would be joint centration, right? So joint centration, essentially you want to have as much uh, contact with the joint as possible, right? So if your joint is kind of at the edge, like the head of the humerus is a good example. When people are, have that forward, um, like medially rotation, protraction, their, forward, their shoulders are going forward, right? Then all of a sudden mm. the head of the humerus starts to sit on the head of the, the glenohumeral fossa or the socket, right? So it's like, is this a moralist, moralistic, good, bad thing? No, but you are sitting at the edge of that joint's range of motion potential. So the likelihood of injury is much higher. The likelihood of athleticism is much, is much lower, right? So it's not like, it's not a moralistic thing, but it's, it's, about, it's about the results that you're looking for and the potentials that you're looking for. If you're backed up against the wall, your potential becomes limited. So if your foot is constantly, your navicular bone is constantly smashed down against the ground, your potential as a human mover becomes limited. Yeah, and that definitely rings true in my experience. And uh, I mean, I like that when you get into the movement world, you can actually get some practical tips for building the arches, you know, as opposed sure. to whoever I first saw that told me I had flat feet and they're just like, oh, here's some orthotics, you know, put these in your shoes, pay us 300 and something dollars and you'll be good to go. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, and I mean, in the words of Katie Bowman, this is another cast for us to yeah. attempt to, to prop ourselves up with. Yeah. So, yeah. And then you can, say, to, you can say the same thing. Like the cast is, is this is a, a reference that Katie's used that I've thought about quite a bit is, is, uh, you know, your world is a cast. You know, so it's not just the, the orthotic that you put in your shoes, but also looking at the type of ground that you walk on. You know, all of that is, is inherently casting you in quotation marks, right? So it's recognizing that, okay, maybe I need to, I'm going to grow and adapt to whatever environment I put myself in. All I walk on is flat ground all the time. Maybe I need to start finding some rocks, finding some grass, finding, you know, a little bit more, 
potential range of motion for our bodies to begin to adapt to. That's how we get strong. Right? If you're only in a flat environment 100% of the time, then uh, all of a sudden you start, you don't really have much of an option other than to form to that environment. And so it's, it's, it's giving ourselves all the, the best options that we possibly can have, you know, throwing ourselves into the deep end, essentially. And then you learn to swim. Yeah. 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 Or drown. <laughs> or drown. Yeah. That's <laughs> you know, like, yeah, people which drown. is Which is fine, too. Which yeah, is that's, fine, too. That's, yeah, that's not, evolution. That's Darwin. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Not, not everyone's going to live. Not everyone's going to live. We'd probably have a better world if, if more people were, were drowning, but we keep so many people in life support. You know, it's like I, I think that that's I mean, this could be potentially really controversial to even say. But, you know, I think that that is our, our we almost have like a a um, like a dysfunctional attachment to, to life, I think, as well. You know, if someone's stuck in a bed and, you know, on a ventilator and you know, it's like, yes, their heart is still beating, but we're beating it. You know, like, let them go. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's I think that we have a lot of really kind of just murky uncomfortable um attachments to to certain things and it's like the the willingness to let things go i think is a really important important trait that our culture another thing our culture is has a bit of a deficit there i think yeah well that's actually perfect because you know we've got about five more minutes here one of the questions i like to wrap with is what is one thing if you can't if you have an example that you are currently or have recently let go of Man, oh man, what am I letting go of? I would say I'm letting go of um, f- just the feeling of scarcity in general. You know, that's something that I've, I've like grew up with in a certain sense, and I had kind of interesting things in relation, to like uh, just like familial issues, kind of insecurity at home type feeling, and and what I realized with that is that kind of instilled this software system in me of like there might not be enough you know the floor could fall out from underneath you at any time make sure you gather your nuts you know because winter's coming and um kind of come into a point more of like really truly realizing that i have a lot of value to offer and um that that things as long as i have as long as i'm able to offer value to the world then I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm safe, you know, but for the longest time, it was kind of like, as far as like rites of passages, I think it's kind of like coming to that point where you truly feel like you can offer, offer something to the tribe. You know, that to me is one of the, in my personal experience is one of the best expressions of like, of security in myself is like, it's not that you have paper money or that you have, you know, the house or whatever it is. It's that no matter what the situation is, you know, you can help. Right? And as long as you can be helpful, you'll probably be helped. You know, so I think that that's, that's something that I've, prob- I've, I've come into more in the last, in the last years is, is really being more secure and comfortable in that, that, that I, I really truly have something to offer, which kind of is starting to let go of some of those, those scarcity mentalities. Very cool. I love it. And I've, oh. I've definitely been there myself. And... Um... One complete left turn, sure. uh, just because we have a few minutes here. Um, have you noticed or had experiences where psychedelics have seemingly given you super physical capabilities? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, it's a big thing with, with, with um, like I had mentioned before, is like getting out of our own ways, you know, and, and one of the things that I've, I've found to be helpful, there's a helicopter flying over my office right now, I don't know if you hear that, um, hope that doesn't affect things too much, but one of the things no that I, I, I find to be helpful is, um, is anything, you know, even, whether it's a, a, a really good coach you know, someone that kind of shows you the way that like, well, you can actually push a little bit more. You actually do have the balance in that point. You actually, you know, you, you if you just believed you could get there, you really could. You know, and that's you know, what is from like a coaching perspective. That could be a human coach. That could be a plant coach. You know, there's a lot of different sources of information out there. And that kind of starts to sound a little bit woo-woo. Um, but it's, it's kind of one of those things where you, you got to, have the experience to really truly be able to embody that and feel that and and kind of feel like yeah like i do feel like there is education to be had in plants <laughs> you know that, that, that's a little bit meta but it's it's really true you know and and tons of people have the same experience where they feel like they're actually being educated by the by the medicine that they're using whatever it may be and that's one of the things that i felt with with using you know, psychoactive plant substances is just the, the 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 belief of getting out of my own way, which would end up leading to things like being able to hold just bomber handstands coming up on one hand, being able to really feel like I can run as fast as I've ever had before in my life, you know, and just run, you know, I'm pushing through those barriers. I can run a lot longer than I thought that I could, you know, because we get, this is like, this is like Tim Noakes in the central governor theory. You know, we, we kind of have this limit on ourselves on what we believe is possible. Once we reach that limit, we stop. You know, so if you can have some type of coach in your life that's kind of showing you that, oh, no, no, this limit that you put upon yourself, this was, it's not mandatory. You're choosing to reenact that in every situation. So that's, I, I think that, you know, psychedelics or a really good coach. Yeah, I, I kind of put them mm -hmm. in, a, in a similar category. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm just having this vision of like a future Olympics where some obscure competitor uh, from like the wilderness emerges and it's like he was coached by mushrooms. Well, that's, but, already, uh, that's already happened. There, that's like, the, there's the baseball guy. Well, that specific thing didn't happen, but there's uh look, look up his name. I don't remember his name, but if you look up like baseball pitcher LSD right now, you'll... yes, yes, yes. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, so I mean, this is, this has happened repeatedly. Probably freaking any UFC fighter, uh, maybe not any, but a lot of UFC fighters, any X games athlete or a lot of X games athletes, people that are in more like creative athletic endeavors is happening right now. <laughs> you know, it's not, we don't need to wait for the day. Like the day was a hundred <laughs> years ago, you know, or the yeah. day, the day was thousands of years ago. Really? You know, you look at like, you know, the, there's, there's, we've been doing sport, you know, or the Olympics or the Mayan, I don't remember what the, what the game is called, but where they put the, the ball through the, through the hole. There's a, there's a stone ball and then there's the circles on the side of the wall and they pass the ball through the hole. And then the winner, I believe is sacrificed. The belief was that the losers were sacrificed. When I went there, they told me the winners were sacrificed, but apparently they were high for that too. You know? <laughs> you know? like we've, we've been doing this forever and ever and ever. I mean, I, I think it would make a lot of sense. That a lot of religious practices were, were at least influenced based off of use of psychoactive plants. You know, yoga, I think absolutely had influence from that. There, it's happening yeah. and it's been happening. We don't need to wait for the day. 
Yeah, and I mean, you don't come up with all those crazy postures without being high. Like, I, I just don't see it happening. I question that. I wonder that. Yeah, I really, yeah. I really have thought about that a lot because those, a lot of those postures, I don't do like specific. I do yoga in the in the literal definition of yoga or, or yoke or union. You know, that's union. yeah. I'm looking for 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 yoga in like right now. Like I, I'm attempting to do yoga. You know, by standing here, by talking to you, by, by attempting to be true to myself. You know, all that in my in my opinion is is like you know yoga. You know, but I don't necessarily go to like you know yoga fit or whatever yoga class. But, but it's, yeah. um, yeah, it's a, a constant practice. Yes, exactly. When it's, it's all about what happens, they say off the mat, right? It's what yeah. matters. Yeah. Um, and just so I'll wrap here, just respect your time. Sure. Sorry we missed the first 20 minutes due to technical, technical issues. Yeah, no I feel like we could chat a whole lot more. I, yeah. The, the comfortability with death, um, you know, letting people die, not suffer like Eugenics as a science, I guess, is sort of what that would be. Um, I'm very fascinated by that. But you could relate it even to like pooping. You know, like we're uncomfortable around poop. You know, that's kind of like a, like a like a little mini death. You know, it's like that we ate the fresh food. Everyone's all about the eating and the food, and that you know we're cooking and we're hanging out, we're spending. It's great. You know, but then when it comes down to like you know, the, the defecation portion of it or the death portion of it, it's like, nope, nope, I don't poop. That's not, that, nope, not a part of it. You know, it's like, I think that if we can just become more comfortable with all of ourselves and not just a really small myopic little portion of it, you know, kind of like Facebook teaches us, then, you know, I think that we would have a more holistic experience. Sorry for interrupting you. No worries. And uh, I'm right there with you. Holistic, integrated sustainable harmonious living yeah, um, which is what i'm after yeah and uh yeah so aaron i just want to thank you for your time thank you and uh, acknowledge you for definitely having a lot of value i mean okay. from what i from what i've picked up from what you're putting out there it is fantastic cool. and whether that's the videos and i'll link to all the stuff in the show notes all the videos you've put together the podcast you've put together the bridging of these various worlds, um, and just talking about stuff that people aren't talking about, right? Mm -hmm. To me, that's one of the most important things we can do. Cool. So thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, if people are interested in checking out the uh, the podcast that I do, that's where most. That's kind of like one of the main hubs of all these wacky conversations where I talk to people significantly smarter than I likely ever will be, and uh, <laughs> we just have kind of go in random wormholes with really smart people so people can check out the Align podcast if they have any interest in that kind of thing. For sure, for sure. Okay, well, I won't keep you. And, um, yeah, again, thanks for the time. Cool. I'll let you know when this is all up. Great. And, uh, yeah, take if, care, man. If you can link people to the aligntherapy.com website, that's a helpful thing. As well, that's where that's the, the hub of all the all the info. So all the videos, the home base, home base. So aligntherapy.com is that that thing. So that's 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 what we got. Wicked, cool, brother. Okay, thank you. Yeah, ciao, man. Take care. I wanna feel the sun warming up my blood. I wanna see my own shadow. I want to make a path that's not been on the map I want to see my own shadow 
Listening to Artie. 